It's the State of Gaming Podcast. Ba-ding. Welcome back, everybody. It's the State of Gaming Podcast from your Popzar pals over at Popzar Press. A lot of peas, and if you don't have a pea filter, it feels like spittle. What's up? Welcome back. This is the State of Gaming Podcast for September 2023. Means you're listening in October. Means you're closer to Halloween than we are. But whatever. September's still here. It's in our hearts. I, uh, Nathan Evans, managing editor of Popstar.com, back once again with my esteemed colleague. He's never there. He's never there when you don't need him. I'm trying to make that work. Mr. Corey G. Man Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for having me. You know what? It's been a long time. What you been doing with yourself? Uh, playing video games. Really? Yep. People still do that? Yeah, in once tw- in a while. In 2023? It really blows the mind, doesn't yeah. it? Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? Tell me more about this hobby you play. No. I will. I will tell you about <laughs> some games that we have coming up. In sept- well, actually, games that came out in <laughs> 2023. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a tongue twister. Um, the format of the show is very, very simple. It is. We talk about the biggest games for the month. We talk about... What sold last month or month before, and we just uh, we do the scraps. We call it everything else. But Corey, uh, it was September of 2023. I thought it was going to be smaller than it is. Uh, lo- looks like there's a lot of biggies and a lot of stragglers. So there's a lot of games. Yes, absolutely. That's true. All right. So uh, the biggest game of September 2023, I think it's really hard to deny, is going to be Starfield. Which, uh, as we hear in every single YouTuber video, promotional video, any kind of video, everything, even uh, even written articles, uh, well, they talk about how uh, this is Bethesda's first new IP in, I think, 25 years? 25? I thought it was 50 years. It's been quite a while, point being. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you basically go out into space and you do the usual Elder Scrolls slash modern Fallout stuff. You explore... Uh, you do quests, you explore randomly generated dungeons, you collect loot, you sell loot, you shoot baddies. It's uh, everything you want out of an action RPG. It's everything you want out of an action RPG if you're into Fallout, right? Yes. Can we just put a big fat asterisk right there? You and I have been kind of rough on Microsoft this year because they released some trash heaps. They uh, did, uh, Redfall. Yeah, Red, Redfall. And this is this is their big one. This is their Zelda. This is their God of War. This is the big yeah, game this they is, have. This is the big one. And honestly, yeah. um, you know, if you, as you can see in my fantastic review on PopZara.com, um, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, it's definitely got the usual Bethesda problems. There's definitely uh, an issue with level scaling. Level scaling is super common. It's really irritating. Um that's the biggest problem, really, is that you run out of content very quickly. So, like, because the guns and the weapons and the armor and the items and the yada yada yada, uh, those are locked behind level scaling uh, in order to like kind of spread out how much you'll see. Uh, what ends up happening is that you end up seeing this very, very, very slowly. You know what's funny? Uh, I was going to talk about one of the stories we're going to talk about later in the miscellaneous. Uh, you know, there was a new book that came out this month from uh, biographer Walter Isaacson. Sure. Uh, he wrote about Elon Musk, and okay. I thought of you when I was reading it because they sent me a copy. I, because I'm a rich and yeah, that's true. Uh, when you were talking about, uh, you were talking without you did a non-spoilery uh, mini tippy 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 review uh, last time we chatted, and you talked about the game, and you basically said it's okay. And I remember there was all this talk about missiles and and Ukraine and all this, and I <clears throat> and uh, Elon Musk was tweeting about Starfield, sure. so. That's 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 the zeitgeist right now, whether you like it or not. So I want to point out, you know, I couldn't talk about it last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we did this because obviously game hadn't been fully released yet and hadn't reviewed it yet. But I will tell I will toss, toss this one out to you. Mm-hmm. You got this game, right? This game is built around collecting items, leveling up your character. You can build your own spaceship. You can uh, construct outposts, own a home. What if I told you 
the central mechanic of the game was to give all that up and reset the game. I mean, like a time loop. Yeah, like a time loop. Like, let's say that at the end of any given game of Starfield, you are encouraged heavily to just give up everything. Give up your ship, give up your house. Everything you've worked on, it's just all gone. Would you do it? How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I love Ghouls and Ghosts, a game yep. that you have to you have to beat twice. Um, I don't love games like that anymore. <laughs> I have a I life. See. I have a life. Like you don't, but I mean, it, de- it depends. It depends on the narrative. Like it depends on if it's if it's constructed well. I mean, wasn't that? The I'm point? just kidding, folks. Uh, Nathan Evans absolutely does have a life. I'm being needlessly. Cruel. Wait, wait, wait. What's this? What are you saying? What do you? What lies are you telling people? Exactly. Lies. Yeah. So point being, the the big hook of Starfield hook question mark is uh the fact that you often have to go and just reloop the game. So don't bother creating anything long and long standing and permanent because you'll lose it all. Weird. Not sure I'm a fan. Game's a six out of ten. Moving on. Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. One, another game that is okay that really didn't live up to my expectations. Here's the thing. Starfield, Mortal Kombat 1. Can I just say this? We have a this is a year that even you you yourself has said has been pretty almost unprecedented in far as far as like overall greatness. That's that, true. So, you know, games like Starfield Mortal Kombat 1 come out and this year they feel a little bit mid, but I think a couple years back it would have been like, wow, this is just blowing my mind. Well, I think what happens is, you know, you you have Mortal Kombat 1 coming off the the heels of its biggest competitor, Street Fighter VI, which went over really well with most people, I would say, including sure. you. Right. And I think uh, we, we all kind of loved uh, Mortal Kombat 11. It, it rebooted the franchise, and I think that we want to love, we want to keep loving it, right? Yeah, it's, we do. And in this case, I don't, I don't know, there's a lot going on with Mortal Kombat 1 that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, maybe, so the conceptually, it's a great idea. The idea being that at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, uh, it was 11, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, uh, the universe, ironically enough, gets rebooted. Cool. And uh, in this new universe, everybody, you know, a lot of your favorite characters are still here, but they are presented in slightly different ways. So, for instance, Raiden is no longer the god of thunder. He's just a dude who happens to have thunder powers later on. Stuff like that. And... Um, the issue with this is that it kind of leaves the plot without anywhere to go and, um, uh, you know, without spoiling the whole plot, if you do want to play it, suffice to say it doesn't really Let's just say something. I, I, I don't even know why they bother using the word reboot or numbers at this point. It's The continuity of this series is worse than, like, the Friday the 13th series. It, it like, is interesting, though, because yeah. actually every single game is canon. Like, you can yeah. play one through one, so to speak, and it's all still accurate to the story. Well, I think um, I think the thing that everyone loved about Eleven most of all, besides, I mean, the game was just fine as a fighting game, is that it embraced its own silliness, like it embraced its Fortniteish. Fortniteish. What is that? A, how can I verb? I don't Fortnite? think it had anything to do with Fortnite, but no, I, no. I see what you're going. I see what well, you're going with. Well, Fortnite is a game that it it does what it does, but it but Fortnite. Uh, Elongated itself Not, by. Oh, are we are we turning into those game journalists where we say everything is Fortnite, just like everybody no, else? No, is no, 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 no. But, For, but Fortnite was certainly a game that showed that you don't have to explain cameos. You could just mm. they can just show up and it's fine. Speaking so, of cameos, that's yeah. a problem with Mortal Kombat One. A lot of the characters that you might like, Sonya and Jax, for instance, uh, oh. aren't really playable. Yeah, but you could be Van Damme, can't you? That's true. You can be Jean Claude Van Damme. You can be Megan Fox. Um, Woo. Other issue I had, there aren't any really new characters in Mortal Kombat 1. Every character in the game, and the, you know, I say there aren't any new characters. There are characters who haven't been in a Mortal Kombat game for years, like um, Havoc. Anybody remembers him? Of course you don't. 
Uh, Natora the Vampire is back. What about Goro? Is, is Goro back in there? Uh, Goro is a cameo. You can't play yeah. with him. No, fun. I, I love watching characters in fighting games that I don't that I can't beat. That's my favorite thing. That, yeah, you know, I, I like the idea from the perspective of you can customize your fighter by having a different cameo with them, but in reality, well, like, I really just want to play as these characters. What about Sindel? I saw Sindel in a screen. Uh, Sindel is playable, yes. Okay, you could be Sindel. Because, you know, we, we all need to be uh, more... T- uh, Who's the who's the mom in in uh the monsters? Uh, Morticia, oh, the monsters. I don't know about the monsters. Yeah, you're gonna so say old. Adam's family. Yeah, but that's different. That's a it's different. It's me off. I have no idea. Yeah, like the one who married Herman, like the mom. So that that's who Sindel always reminded me of. But I couldn't tell you who that is. But um, yeah, Mortal Kombat one's all right. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten into it just because, again, you know, if I'm gonna play a fighting game right now, I probably want to play Street Fighter. Well, let me just say this again. I'm gonna introduce a, a topic I was gonna tell later. Just get out of the way. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 was released on next-gen consoles, old-gen consoles, PCs, and Switch, and it was pretty damn good on all of them, including the right. Switch. Uh, there's, but I think most of the, the news about Mortal Kombat 1 has been monopolized by the fact that the Switch version is apparently awful. Right. Um, and I think, that, I think that's sort of a theme we're going to start seeing when we start talking about numbers, is that we're seeing the end of a console's life cycle, and there's only so much you can do with it. I think... I've seen enough of Mortal Kombat One on the Switch. I, I was a big fan of Eleven on the Switch. Um, yeah, it's we're we're moving on with ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we know, we've definitely seen some leaks, and you know, you can take those or leave those. Yeah. Uh, saying that the Switch Two specs have been given to uh, developers by now, so we know it's coming. Uh, anyway, another mm-hmm. game on here is a Chance of Sinar. Now, I've not played this one myself, but I've seen a little bit of footage. The idea behind Chance of Sinar is that you're a, kind of like a a cultist or a scholar, and you're wandering this beautiful cell shaded desert landscape. And everything around you is rendered in this weird, unknown language. And the point of the game is to kind of piece together what things mean by using context to understand words in this unusual language. You remember, you remember the game that came out, was it last year or the year before, with a fox? Tunic? Tunic, yeah. Very similar idea. Yeah, very similar idea where you just, you it didn't didn't really say anything. A very Dark Soulsian language game. Yeah, and this is not really like this. This is a puzzle game, um, which means I haven't played it. Probably won't. But um, it does seem it's, it's very pretty. Um, if you like puzzles, you can probably play it. If you like language, you can probably play it. It might be a good time. Uh, games you should play that I did like a lot. Uh, Lies of P is the newest uh, Soulsy, Souls-like, Soulsarino game. I played game. it for the first time last night, by the way. What'd you think? On your recommend. Um, thank goodness that game companies can't sue for plagiarism. <laughs> so let's just say it's yeah, pretty, it's, it's it's pretty very, good. It's very Soulsy. It's very Bloodborne. Um, it's also very good. It's one yeah. of the better renditions on this idea that we've seen in a while it's very creative can i say this like if you would have never said anything about pinocchio uh you would probably never guess pinocchio but eventually they get into it a bit more as you play through the game further but yeah generally speaking it's definitely a a surprise um and the game is just really solid Uh, you can make your own weapons uh Mm -hmm. you can customize your your version of pinocchio to a great degree much as you would in a souls game um the combat is really tight and exciting feels good but is it is uh it is a mimeograph, though, of Dark Souls, like right down to animations and the way the menus work. That is too many syllables for me. Yeah, it's, it is copy. <laughs> it's copy good. Good copy. Yeah, it's a copy of Dark Souls. If you yeah. like Dark Souls, take a look. I mean, it's a copy of Dark Souls in the same way that, like, Quake is a copy of Doom. But it's a, good co- it's a very good copy, though. Like, we don't see good copies <laughs> like this often. We see shameless copies and ripoffs. Exactly. Uh, games that aren't shameless copies or ripoffs, though. Games that do something unique, or at least try to. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 came out a few years ago, and one of the things it did was uh, be kind of buggy and broken. <laughs> but they fixed it. They've done a lot to fix it. 
Um, now, interesting story about that. Uh, the recent update 2.0, which kind of rebalances the game, changes up the skill system, uh, makes it so your armor, your, your clothing doesn't have armor values, you can wear whatever you want, that kind of thing. Uh, that's actually made the game more buggy for me. I didn't have too many I didn't have too many problems when I first played it. And uh, since the latest update, I've had a bunch of weird quirks going on. It's not unplayable, but it is annoying, uh, so please fix uh, CD Projekt Red. Uh, point being, uh, Phantom Liberty is here. Um, I haven't gotten to the DLC yet. I'm, I've been playing the game again, and the reason I haven't gotten there is because you have to get about halfway through the base game to actually start it, and you want to start the base game over because this new update changes how skills work, changes weapons, changes everything. So you can expect about 15-20 hours for you can start the DLC, but from what I'm told and what I've seen, it's very good. This is the one with Idris Elba? In yes. The game? Okay. You know what? Yeah. Working, working actor, you know what? Needs the money, <clears throat> needs the time. And yep. unlike Megan Fox, people kind of want to see Idris Elba in their games. I have to say, I don't, Megan Fox as Nataro was kind of a weird choice, but anyway, <laughs> you, know, you get what you get. Uh, Payday 3 is here. Nobody can play it because the servers are broken. Yeah, I heard about this. Isn't that, so, you know, it's funny. They, ne they, do, they never learn their lessons, do they? You know, Payday 3 is interesting because one of the things that, you know, really, I didn't play much of Payday 2, really any of it at all. But the thing I kept remembering is that Payday 2 was consistently breaking new ground in terms of things that people don't like these days. Uh, mm -hmm. Payday 2 was packed with loot boxes, for instance. Well, so just keeping the keeping the heritage going. Yeah. So, like, um, you know, one of the first times I can remember people being you know, uppity about loot boxes was Payday 2, back when they sold these safes and these drills that you could use to get items. Um, just kind of the first sign of our inevitable slide to destruction, and yeah, here we are. Well, there's there's time for an update. I mean, they could always fit Megan Fox in Payday 3, just completely. They could. Megan Fox, Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah, Pinocchio. They're available. Trust me, they're very available. Absolutely. Um, Eternites is a game that exists. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the smaller games, by the way. Yeah, so Eternites games. exists. Um, it is a cross between a Kingdom Hearts-style action RPG and a dating sim. Oh, you were you were excited about this one. You, you I was. I was looking one. forward to playing this. Um, yeah. Now that I've actually played it, I'm a little less impressed, uh, mostly because the art is terrible. No, it's subjective. It's beautiful. No, it? no, it's hideous. <laughs> the game is actually ugly as sin uh, most of the time you're playing it. Um, it just it struggles a lot from that perspective. The game itself seems fine, but... Uh, one of one of the main characters, you have a you have like a best friend character, and he shows up constantly, and he's saying awkward stuff, and he looks horrible. He's just really irritating. Takes a lot out of the game. Maybe I just have weird quibbles of this with the Turnites. Um, the actual gameplay is fine. It's pretty standard action RPG stuff. Uh, looks really cool when you're in combat and such. Uh, the dating sim stuff obviously is dating sim stuff. You can take that or leave that. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. You are not um, you are not kidding. The the tagline for the game is quote and I quote from their site. An uncommon blend of dating and hack and slash you didn't think possible. Um, it's it's basically it, it takes the idea from Persona and mm -hmm. kind of yeah. So so you did think it was possible if you played a Persona game in the past fifteen years. Uh, it's fine. You can look you can look at it if you want. <laughs> I'm gonna bet it's gonna be it's gonna cost you like fifteen bucks in a couple months. So maybe you want to wait. Uh, F zero ninety nine won't cost you anything though. Uh, F zero ninety nine is the latest in Nintendo's long running series of taken classic games. And uh, doing weird stuff with them, like making it so you're playing against uh, 99 other people at once. Did you and see this? That's what F-099 is. Have you played it yet? I have, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> like, um, like when, I, when, I, when we heard there was going to be a new F-Zero game, did you think it was going to be this? I did not. Um, so do I like it? Yes. Am I going to play a lot of it? Not really. And the reason is because knowing that these games don't stick around... You know, what was the weird last take. one? Tetris ninety nine, I think, was it? Was it Tetris? It was Doctor Mario, maybe. It was something. 
Uh, point being, and this is kind of a weird take, the skills you'll learn playing F-099 not really transferable to anything else, so you're kind of <laughs> wasting your time knowing the game's going to die. Look, you know what Nintendo does. They usually sneak these things in where they, 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 they spend a few bucks on polishing up old stuff before they inevitably release a new one. I mean, yeah, so we, you're saying time. we might see a new, a new actual F-099. It's been 20 years. I mean, it's time. And, you know, if we have, a new, we have a new Switch coming, F-099 might be a nice thing to release on it. Yeah, it's F-099. Nobody hates it. Yeah. Um, EA Sports, FC24, uh, I don't really care about soccer. I don't know that you care about soccer. No. What we do care about is the fact that it's no longer FIFA. Yeah, I'll just say this, because FIFA is always one of the best-selling games in the world every time. I mean, you know, granted, it's not for us, but it, it's for somebody. Yeah. Uh, it says EA's dropping the FIFA brand. It's now just called EA Sports FC24. So I'm not sure it's going to lose them many uh, many sales. I think it's going to be fine. Interesting that they're yeah. that they're promoting their their own brand over. It reminds me of what was that uh, thing on the drink? Was it Take Two or is it um? Oh goodness, what was that? Uh, the one series that was very very popular on the Dreamcast before um, EA swooped in and sort of killed it. I I don't follow sports games. Oh. No idea. If you're a Dreamcast fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about more than I do. So you. You go celebrate this. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, point being, uh, you can still play FIFA, it's just not called FIFA anymore, but I think if you're a FIFA person, you probably know that. In fact, I'm sure EA went out of their way to tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet got a DLC. It's called the Teal Mask. It is more Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. There's not a lot to say about it beyond that. It just adds more Pokemon. Mm -hmm. It adds uh, some entirely new Pokemon, which is cool. Uh, you get to go to a new, uh, a new area of the Pokemon world, basically a... Uh, a rural Japan sort of setting, which is really neat looking. Um, aside from that, if you like Carl and Violet, it's more of that. If you don't, you're probably not playing it. Probably, you're probably playing it, though, because you're probably a Pokemon fan. Yeah, probably. It's a solid game. Uh, Cocoon is the latest game from, I believe it's from Annapurna. Yeah, this and, is... uh, I, uh, I haven't really followed Annapurna's games. I don't think I like them very much, but yeah. This is this is uh, getting a lot of press. Uh, this is, is it? Yeah, it's got, the, the fires are burning. Is Every, it getting a lot of press, or do like people who play games like it? Well, that's the thing. Like uh, you and I have talked about this before, and little asterisks. What I'm going to say, I'll make it quick. Uh, the video game industry loves to champion things that aren't champion. Like this is the inverse of Starfield. Starfield has been promoted ad nauseum. There's money behind Starfield. Like yes, like look at it this way. If Microsoft wasn't spending a lot of money advertising it, a lot of the people that are gushing over it wouldn't be gushing. It's just how it goes. Right. Like they gush because the money's gushing. Uh, Cocoon is one of those things where video game they feel guilty, so they go to the Church of Absolution and they say, let me find an indie game that I can gush over for free. And Cocoon is the game they're gushing. Uh, I believe it's from the creator of Limbo. So and looking at this now, yeah, it does appear to be from the guy who made Limbo. Yeah. Um, it is available on Game Pass, so you know who am I to complain? If you like this it's... kind of game, yeah, I'm looking over here, 9 out of 10 from IGN, 5 out of 5 from Games Radar, recommended from Polygon, saying it's impossibly yeah. good. This is, There's uh... no... There... Just for the record, in case you didn't know, if this is your first time hearing anything about video games from me or from Nate or yeah. just in general, uh, if these three outlets are saying something is the greatest thing they've ever played, it's probably pretty mid, so be ready for that. I'll just say this. It's on Game Pass. You can check it out. Uh, it's on. It's available on everything. It's uh, But it, like I said, it's gotten a lot of good press, which means that it's probably worth watching the trailer. Uh, we haven't played it. You haven't played it, I don't think, so we'll... we'll I have go. not played it. Um, our, one of our editors, uh, Sebastian, is going to be reviewing the game, so we'll have to wait to see what he says. But other, other than that, though, it's it's getting a lot of press. Yep. So, yeah, it is out there, and it's on Game Pass, so check it out if you want to. Um, we have Mineko's Night Market. I'm sorry, Mineko's Night Market, and that is the newest game from Humble. And I believe it is a uh, one of those cozy games. It's all the rage these days. And that It's weird, too. Like, I want to say about three, four months ago, all the PR people and all the YouTubers 
all simultaneously decided these are called cozy games. Cozy. And that's, yeah, cozy. The word cozy specifically. I hear it in relation to any game that is even vaguely like this. Um, there's a new Harvest Moon game, Harvest Moon Winds of Anthos. That is referred to as a cozy game. Uh, any game that doesn't have combat because combat is hard to make, we call it a cozy game now. Oh. It's hard It's hard coming up with new genres. Did I ever um, Did I ever tell you about the time years and years ago when I worked in the industry, we, we tried to come up with a name for games like Twisted Metal and Vigilante 8? And then we just kind of stopped making those games. Yeah. So it was uh, it was effort you didn't have to spend. <laughs> you, you, know what the, you know what the winning one was we actually went with for a while? I'm not joking. Okay, I apologize to anybody listening because you're about to become dumber. Uh, we called them Karamups. Karamups? Oh, yeah, like, no. like shoot 'em ups. Well, uh, we call them shmups these days, unless you're not yeah. awful. We call them shoot 'em ups. Yeah, we don't, and, and we don't even really make shoot 'em ups anymore either. Uh, but I'll say this Karamups? No, no, no. Definitely not. Anyway, Minico's Night Market. Uh, it's got cats in it. It is a cozy game. Um, I, I would say, you know, I'd go off on a tangent about how I don't usually play cozy games, but that's actually a lie. I have been playing uh, Harvest Moon Winds of Anthos lately, if you can believe that. And it's not bad. It's not bad at all. You should probably take a look. Yeah, uh, you can't really call them, um, you can't You can't really call a game by its progenitor. Like Metroidvania works, uh, Souls games works, Warriors games works, but you can't really call everything Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing. Yeah, if, like if you were to go into your your Popzara email right now and type in cozy, there's I'm seeing hundreds and hundreds in mine right now. Just the cozy game is the new term. Uh, mm-hmm. Games that aren't cozy and you probably shouldn't play uh, <laughs> include Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die. There's a lot a lot going on in that title. Well, first off, I don't know what a strash is. Second off, uh, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die is actually the Dragon Quest anime that's been going on for a few years now. Um, and this is the game based on the anime, and long story short, you should probably just watch the anime, because all this game does is recap the anime and give you some pretty simple Dynasty Warriors-style fighting uh, to allow you to like recreate scenes from the show. But you could just watch the show, and the fighting's not great anyway, so just, just go watch the show. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the game right now. I'm not the biggest fan of Dragon Quest, but I've always admired how it looks, and it's kind of sure. interesting to me that in 2023... You have a you have a uh, you have this Dragon Quest game that looks kind of bad. I don't know if I'd say it looks bad. Certainly, it doesn't look very Dragon Quest because no. it's trying so hard to look like the anime. Uh, point yeah. being, and I've not actually played it myself, but it's typical. I, I you know I watch videos, I read reviews, and uh, everything I've heard suggests that this one is definitely a miss. So yeah. uh, don't uh, I would say skip this one. Uh, finally, Baldur's Gate Three is on PS Five. It's a fantastic game. Uh, it's disturbingly thirsty. There's way too much like shoehorned in sexual stuff, which, you know, it, it, there, there was a period, I would say in like the early 2000s, where we complained about, oh, you know, video games are made for teenage boys and they're always objectifying and yada, blah, 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 blah. Um, and yet now like, I think we've kind of come back to that, but we call it like a, like a liberation well, sort of thing these days. I'll tell you what's funny. Um, if you ever go to what, like a video game website or a tech website that deals a lot with video games, they always have that article called Deals of the Day. You've seen these, right? Like, yes. oh, you can save money because it's, it's, it's what they do. They give codes that they get preferences. When you see the stuff on the list that's gender specific, like guy stuff, it's always like razor blades and shavers. But literally on the same page as razors and TVs and game codes, they'll put sex toys. And it's so interesting to me, like, it's okay to have vibrators on the same page as children's toys because it's considered progressive. And I, I find that mentality, I'm not Puritan, right? I'm not going against it. I just find it funny that 
to make a game more mature, we need more sex. Yeah, we just, it's, you know, I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. I don't, I yeah. don't care about it. It is interesting. Game. I'm just saying and it's that's interesting. That's how Baldur's Gate 3 is that you can just choose not to involve oh. yourself in any of it. Real quick, um, um, when's this game coming out for Xbox? Do you know? I couldn't tell you. I've played on PC. Okay. Well, there's a little, I, did you hear that this is the game that changed the, the Series X? Um, the reason it was delayed on Xbox is because they couldn't get, like, the split screen working correctly in the S system. Um, because that was a mandate, and Microsoft said, "You know what? No more mandate." So you're kind ah, of st- fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're going to realize that one system's not as powerful as the other. Yeah. Uh, so point being, uh, there's a lot of weird sexual stuff, but that shouldn't stop you playing the game because you can skip it all, and the game is actually really good. So check it out if you want to check it out. Um, that's mostly what we've got. Trying to think of anything else big that I've been playing lately. Uh, Fate Samurai Remnant came out. Um, that is the new game from the people who made Fate uh, slash all the other games. And it's uh, another Dynasty Wars style game, a whole lot of reading, a whole lot of writing, a very interesting plot. You play as a samurai who gets a magical uh, magical companion who has to go in this big battle royale, gets other people with magical companions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's Fate. If you know what Fate is, you know what Fate is. Uh, Disgaea 7 is coming out very soon. Uh, we have a review of that coming out very soon, but because the game is not out, we are embargoed. That's coming Yay. out soon, though. Please look forward to it. Uh, spoiler alert, game's pretty good. Uh, 6 was bad, 7 is not bad. It's like it's like the Rocky series. Like you you you, you can skip some. Actually, no, you can't yeah, skip any. You can definitely really. skip six, but I would say definitely you want to play seven. Seven is rock solid. Um, anything else? Uh, they released a uh, the early access of a remake of the first Wizardry game. You hear about that? Uh, I not only hear about that, I have an inside scoop on that. How about that? Yeah, which which we'll talk about at the end of the show. It's an interesting twist, actually, because the game is so much of a remake that, so far as I can tell, it's actually just new um, graphics and uh, new graphics and such running over the old game. Corey, with all due respect, um, you've seen the original Wizardry game, right? Yes. Uh, it would have to be a complete remake. There's not much there. <laughs> no, no. Well, what I mean is, like, you can actually turn on an overlay to make this game look like the old game. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's from Digital Eclipse. That's kind of what they do. So, but and we'll we'll talk about that because I actually talked to the people over Digital Clips this this month. How about so, that? Yay! All right. So next up, we have the Circana number. Circana yeah. is what's formerly known as NPD, and every month they mm-hmm. put out a bunch of numbers. But you shouldn't you shouldn't trust those numbers as anything but fun because the publishers report them themselves. And yeah. also, if you aren't the person making the money, you shouldn't care too much about sales. But I, I will say this: there's a really really good example of why the Circana numbers are for entertainment purposes only because there's a big asterisk. Yeah, we will we will see this one momentarily. It's very yeah. funny actually. But uh, we... anyway, point being. In September 2023, mm-hmm. um, video game spending has gone down, but the PS5 has also gone down, says Matt Piscutella, Circana's executive producer. Man, this man keeps climbing up the ladder, doesn't he? He's uh, he's, he's he, all he, over he the went place. From, he went from, like, you know, the mailboy, and now he's, like, the executive producer of all things. He's the, he's it, though. I mean, he's the only one that actually, like, he's the, the source of all this knowledge. Like, there's yeah, nobody, we had him there's on the nobody podcast else. Once. We, had, we had him on the Twice. podcast back when he was only, like, Twice. A, a local baron instead of, like, the king. We did it, though. Uh, you never noticed that? He was always, like, toiling in the shadows. But, Matt, once you went on our podcast, you became, you went big time. I'm just, yeah, that was us, absolutely. That's the reason you mm-hmm. are the high god, the high god emperor now. Thank you. Or rather, you're welcome. Uh, what can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> uh, hardware sales are down, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's lots of inflation, but people are still buying games. Yeah. Uh, also, people are buying the dual stencil bunch, which is good because that's a good controller. Uh, there's a bunch of games here. Uh, we rank them in order from 20 to 1 based mm-hmm. on how many they sold. Yeah, true. Let's uh, oh, one start of them from the didn't, bottom. But one of them didn't show up. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh 
Number 20 is Rainbow Six Siege. That game's going to sell forever because it's a, <laughs> one of those evergreen games. You know, I remember the first E3 I went to back in, I think, 2013 is when they debuted Siege. Tom Clancy's dead, but Rainbow Six never dies. That's absolutely true. Uh, number 19 is Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's not surprising. They're always putting out more Spider-Verse movies, and they're making a new Spider-Man game coming out this month. Is it? Yeah, I was going to say the new game's coming out. Is it PS5 only this time? Right now it's PS5 exclusive, but things never stay that way. That's true. If you wait a year, it'll come out on PC with all the DLC and probably be cheaper. So there you go. Uh, number 18 is Gran Turismo 7. It's a driving game for people who like to drive cars. Well, number 17 uh, is Final Fantasy 16. Um, you know, this game actually I thought did pretty poorly and cost Square Enix a bunch of money, but it's, it's still selling pretty well, it looks like. Well, I mean, again, it's it's not so much like the placement on its list. It's it's one of the, it's a, it's the ratio of like cost production versus anticipated sales. Like, people need to understand... A video game cannot sell well if it doesn't meet the expectations that complete strangers put on it. Like, right. Like so, you know, selling well is one thing, but it has to sell, you know, like really well, like oh. well enough. Let me put it this way. Look, you can love the game or hate the game. It's not worth tarnishing your legacy over. So. That's absolutely true. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, number yeah. 16 is God of War. Another PlayStation game. Look at all these PS5 games. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's almost yeah. like having some exclusives here and there mm -hmm. is not a terrible idea. Um, number 15 is FIFA 23, but of course it's not called FIFA anymore after this. Mm -hmm. This game's still called FIFA. New games will not be called FIFA. They'll be called EA Sports FC. Uh, number true. 14 is Elden Ring, which is also never going anywhere and also has DLC coming out pretty soon. So check that out. 13 is Street Fighter 6, a fantastic fighting game, way better than Mortal Kombat 1. Um, number 12 is Jedi Survivor, which is a wonderful open-worldy action RPG collect-em-bump. Uh, uh, 11. Didn't that just appear? Isn't that coming uh, to the old consoles, right? Like PS4 and Xbox so, yeah. One? Yeah. Uh, number, number 11 is Pikmin 4. It's the newest Pikmin game. Got a review of that coming pretty soon. It's difficult to get these things out when there's so much coming out constantly, but I have played some Pikmin 4. Are you converted to the... What, what's yeah, the, yeah, what's the main character's name? Ollie. The other ones. It was pretty name? good. What's his name? Uh, Oliver? Olimar? Olimar, yes. Olimar. Yeah, it was pretty good. I definitely want to check out the other ones. Uh, number 10 is Mario Kart 8, of course. Number 9 is Minecraft. It is MLB The Show. 7 is Diablo 4. You know, for all the talk we hear from Reddit and YouTube people who want to get you outraged and get them clicks. They're trying. The, how the, they're trying real hard. They say this game has failed. This game has not failed. It's still selling pretty well. Number 6 is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Look at that. It's not surprising that it's here. It's going to stay here forever. Uh, number five is Hogwarts Legacy, which, not surprising, that's here forever, too. Uh, number four is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, of course. Number three is Remnant 2. Uh, that, the fact that that's still there is surprising. One of the best-selling games of the year, by the way, we can say. Really, um, yeah. really rock-solid game, too. Like, definitely worth a look if you haven't played it yet. Uh, number two is Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. You can see my review on Pobzara Press. I thought it was wonderful, because it is. It is a Soulsy two, mech game. If you like the Soulsies um, and you like the mechs, it's pretty good. Two, two games from From Software in the top 20. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I was told that because they're too hard, they're not accessible, nobody will play them, but I guess that's not true. Uh, number one is Madden NFL 24. Uh, that's not accessible to me, so I don't play it, mm. but uh, it is a football game. Uh, the big thing that we were talking about earlier, the weirdness about this chart, mm -hmm. uh, where the hell is Baldur's Gate 3? There's a couple games missing, but Baldur's Gate 3 is the big one because that's the one they acknowledge the flaws of their system. And uh, um, it's because uh, Larian Studios is not a member of the reporting panel for Sircana. And uh, Matt Piscatella says that we've been right up there. But as you say, it also kind of 
kind of gives away the secret here, which is that you yeah. can't really take these things very seriously. Games that were good, by the way. Immortals of Avium is really solid. Stray Gods is good. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk also they, good. Those are also games that did not show up. Uh, I want to say this about Immortals of Avium. Again, I'll, I'll splice in something I was going to talk about later. Uh, the game didn't sell very well, but here's the thing about it. This is very interesting because you heard the story about uh, the developer. Uh, the publisher is basically laying off most of the staff. Yeah, I think 45 because here's the problem. I'll just say this. We, we, You and I said this about two months ago. This is a company that was brand new. It was assembled from other developers that worked on other things. They came out, oh, we're going to bleed your PC. You're going to have to do this. And I thought to myself, this game's going to fail. Like, you cannot have your PCs not good enough be the selling point of a game. You are you right. cannot do that. You yeah, exactly. And one of the, uh, you know, back in the day when Crisis was a big thing, that was one thing. And it was so, you know, bled your PC so much that it was just a meme. Uh, but I think we're kind of over that. I think we're at the point where people actually want to be able to play oh. their games instead of having to drop two or three grand uh, on a computer. I took your advice and I did get EA Play Pro or whatever it's called. Yep. And I was able to, you know, to catch up, I'll just say. And I did play. Um, I did play the game. Yeah, I, I think it's Immortals. great. What did you did you like it? Um, I think it is one of the most generic things I've ever seen. It does ev it does almost everything really well, and that's fine, right? I'm don't get me wrong, but it's just that I can't get past some of the genericness. Like there's too much emphasis on follow me, walk slowly while I tell you the story. But meanwhile, I just want to rush and start shooting things. You know, I would say that if it had come out in 2015, uh, Immortals of Avian may have been game of the year. But we're it's, a little bit past a lot of what it does. It, uh, it just, you need to start a little smaller. You need to be a little more grateful and don't put all your eggs in one basket, especially when your eggs are in a very, very expensively developed brand new IP featuring weird characters. Absolutely. I mean, what do I know? I mean, I, I don't know much myself. Uh, point mm. being, that is uh, the Circana stuff. Uh, again, yeah. And as we just heard, like one of the biggest games doesn't show up just because they chose not to sign up for their... Yeah. Uh, for their reporting board, so maybe don't take the Sarkana numbers we especially do say, seriously. We do say this though for entertainment. Though. I mean, like you really you can't take everything super serious. And you know, uh, I've always said this too. Like, unless you are the person getting paid for how much a game sells, the sales don't really matter to you. Play what you think well, looks fun. I'll say this: though. the only reason it sells, it's kind of like you know this Hollywood strike that just ended. Yep. One of the things they were striking for was the fact that streaming companies like Netflix and Disney and all that, they don't release their numbers. They don't say what's number one or number two, right? So yep. the problem is, is that they, uh, some companies like game companies, they use um, metrics to decide bonuses. They use metrics to decide this. So I think Metacritic was very famous where if you get a certain score above 78, you get a bonus. Um, they, they have to find, they have to use outside metrics to decide that. And there's just no way of doing it. And unfortunately, Sakana, as much as, you know, we love you, kiss, kiss, uh, you're not good enough. You need to do better. Yep. So just kind of is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, other stuff on here. We're going to knock them out really quickly. Yep. Uh, Elon Musk plays a lot of video games that, that's, Actually, uh, I, don't really know. I don't know how that works. Well, how does he find the time? I'll say this. Um, it features heavily in the book. Like, it, like in the very first two pages as Elden Ring is mentioned. And here's the thing. Did you read the Steve Jobs book by Walter Isaacson? Are you no. familiar with him? Uh, he basically does induction where he basically says the reason Jobs was like this because his dad was aban abandoned. I mean, it's one of those kind of books. And he tried, okay. and, and Isaacson tries really hard to say the reason Elon Musk is so aggressive is because his father did this. But in reality, and I don't think Isaacson knows this, he's actually making the case that Elon Musk looks at the world as a video game. Whenever he struggled, he goes plays Quake. He goes plays... Uh, Poptropia. He goes and plays Civilization. He loves playing. Like he 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 names his cars after space. You know, space balls and video game video game. I had things. to look up what Poptropica is, but now I know. Yeah, you probably see him before. He's got the funny glasses. 
But what I'm saying is like uh, the idea is that he basically reduces the world to a simulation and therefore he has so much FU money, he could just do what he wants and just reboot and restart over again. And I think that's the, the consensus that they make about him is that it's Well, it's one day that's going to be me. Speaking of consensuses, I think the consensus is that the Switch version of Mortal Kombat 1 is yeah. very good, but we were talking about that earlier, and yeah, it's not that. too surprising. Uh, it switched to some pretty impressive things. We really finagled things to make them run really well on a low-end iPad from 2013, and yet, here we are. Look at that. How about that? Did you hear the new rumor about the Switch, the Switch by the way? I may have to revise my name. I did not. Yeah, uh, it's at this point it's all rumors, but I think I think the rumors are going to come to an end probably in November. That's kind of my prediction. Um, okay. It might actually be called the Switch Two. Did you hear about this? Is it just the Switch Two? Huh? No, but you know why though? Uh, very. Uh, the, the, there was rumors that it's going to have two screens. Ooh, that's exciting! Oh, Ooh. just like the DS. That's exciting. Exactly. I wonder. Look at that. Yeah, so. that's getting me all hot and bothered. Uh, Mortal, you bet. Mortal Kombat One, the Switch sucks. Don't play it. Um, mm. Immortals of Avium developer lays off the workforce. We talked about that yes, just now. A uh, bunch of Netflix anime with game-related stuff going on. A uh, sequel to the Castlevania anime is coming out. I that's good. The first one was pretty good. Um, from what I understand, there's a lot more Castlevania music in the sequel. So That's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, de- debuted in 928, so you can watch it right now if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Uh, Tomb Raider Legend of Lara Croft starring Haley Atwell. Don't know who that is. Uh, Haley Atwell, she's a lot of the Marvel Universe stuff. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, it's supposed to be a sequel to the reboot, uh, the, the Tomb Raider reboots. I learned a, I learned a fascinating thing about those games the other day. I did not know. Did you know that uh, you you know who Terry Pratchett is, right? The writer. Yes, of course. His daughter Rihanna. She wrote yes. them. Did she really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So how about that? Oh yeah, Tomb Raider anime, uh, Devil May Cry anime is coming out from the person who uh, made Castlevania. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's Netflix. Watch the Netflix stuff. Do it for it all. Advantages. You know. You know I watched the most ridiculous YouTube video today. A dude who was very upset. He says he doesn't watch any Netflix because the stuff on Netflix might go away at some point. That's true. I mean, he. I mean, he has a point. We shouldn't do anything because it might stop happening. Yeah, we we, we can't do anything that isn't here. <laughs> isn't here forever. You know, the um, only uh yeah. What, that, that's right. Uh, the, today's Tom tour uh, change isn't permanent, but change is something like that. Who was that? Was that Kansas? You mean the the group Kansas? Yeah. No. Who sung that song? Well, all I know is it's just like dust in the wind. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Resident Evil 4 remakes iPhone 15 Pro version will cost $60. I, now, this story made me laugh. Um, so it's not just, look, Resident Evil, it's not Resident Evil 4 remake. I think there's also uh, Resident Evil Villages coming to the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? They, they brag about this. They're going to have parity with the next-gen consoles, and then the phones overheat. <laughs> So yeah, you know that's the big news about the iPhone 15 Pro Max Super Ultra minus Alpha, um, is that it overheats if you use it too much. Which yeah, I kind of saw that coming. Uh, so maybe you don't want to do that. And finally, uh, we have a new uh, Pop Zara podcast uh, mm-hmm. interview thing. Yeah, uh, featuring Chris Kohler talking about the making of Karateka and preserving games history. I will say this: uh, I chatted with you about this before it happened. Uh, it was a last minute thing. I want to thank Chris for showing up. Chris has been around the video game industry for a very long time. I mean, you were familiar yeah, with him, a, too. That's a name I'm very familiar with, yeah. And, you know, we were on this on this podcast, we were really big fans of Digital Eclipse's Atari 50, the anniversary collection, which is like Interactive yeah. Museum. This is another one of those, but it's from their uh, Master Series, their Gold Series, right, what they call it, where they're going to focus on single games or companies and then really just pile on the history. And if you haven't heard it, uh, goodness, who was it? Um... Was it Jared Mechner, the guy who created... Jordan Mechner. Jordan Mechner, I'm sorry. I want to get, don't want to confuse him because uh, it's really about him and his father, Francis, a guy who fled the Nazis 
became a master composer and uh, mathematician university professor and provided the motion capture for the first cinematic video game. It's crazy. Um, but no, I, I strongly recommend it. Are you a fan of Karataka? I'm not super familiar with it. It's the pre- uh, let's just say this. It's kind of the predecessor to Prince of Persia, which he created after this. And, of course, we're very familiar with it. There's no one of those coming out sooner and later. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's Ubisoft. What do you expect? But I was going to say this. Um, it, you could go buy the game, uh, Karatika, Karataka. Trust me, it's a thing in the thing. It'll take you about two hours to run through everything, but you'll, you'll be better for knowing it, even if the game itself is eh. But I will say this, uh, one of the highlights is that they have a remastered version of the game that is interactive, and it's like an interactive museum that plays it. you can play. It's it's kind of wild that they're doing this right now. Yep. It's, it's really cool. It is very cool. Yeah, and then you know what else is cool? Well, maybe, maybe not cool, actually. I'm a little sad about uh, it, the fact that we're done. Yeah, so there's uh, real quick, there's a lot of stuff going on in the game industry we're not really going to talk about because, frankly, we're, it's above our pay grade and no one wants to hear about it. So, yeah. so if, if you're thinking about anything like, say, game engines, don't worry about that. Yeah. I'm not concerned. You shouldn't be concerned either. Exactly. So there's a lot of stuff to play. Uh, I will say this, Corey. We're down in October. October is traditionally the big time of the year for a lot of big stuff. Not so much lately, but it, uh, there's still big stuff coming. So I would say hold on to your joysticks. Grab onto those buttons, and we will see everybody on the next level. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara Podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.